Would you take your Bibles now, my friends, and turn to the book of Acts? Here's a very important question. What can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? What can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? That is our subject today. This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, the day when in the first century the early Christians were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18, you and I are told to also be filled with the Holy Spirit. In our Bible, in Acts chapter 2, It tells us what happened on the day of Pentecost in that first century. Let's read the first part of it, beginning at verse 1 of Acts 2. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like Flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Well, they weren't drunk. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for each one of us? Well, here is our first truth. Number one, becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in you and me experiencing a pure heart. A pure heart. Look look at verses 2 and 3 on the big screen. Shall we? Read it out loud together in unison. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Now verse 2 here speaks of a mighty windstorm. The mighty rushing wind was symbolic of the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 describes flames or tongues of fire. In the Bible, as many of you know, fire, like wind, is often symbolic 
of the divine presence, spoken of in Exodus 3, verse 2. It's symbolic of God's divine presence and of the Spirit who purifies. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 16, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The bottom line is, fire symbolizes purity. The Holy Spirit is the one who is able to purify your heart and mine. We are all born. We are all born with a sinful nature and a tendency towards sin. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to cleanse us of that tendency towards sin. He's able to cleanse us of the sinful nature through his presence, through his power, through his purity. The Holy Spirit is able to do inside of us what needs to be done so that we have a pure heart which results in having the right motives and we do what we do for the right reasons. Is there an amen in the house? All right? Elsewhere in the Bible, Malachi chapter 3 verse 2 speaks of the Lord as a refining fire, refining fire. A few years ago, Brian Dirksen wrote a beautiful song called Refiner's Fire that captures beautifully what the, what the followers in that first century experienced um, the, the fact that they experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit that brought about purity in their hearts and lives. I want to ask us to, to, to sing and think about the words of this, of this beautiful song, Refiner's Fire, as Hannah leads us. Don't just sing, but I want you to sing and really get a grip. Get a grip on the words. Amen. Let the words grab a hold of your heart.
May that be your will, your wish, and your prayer, and mine. Amen? And how? How is this purity possible? Well, Acts 15, verse 9 gives us the answer where it says, He purified their hearts by faith. He purifies our hearts by faith. Claim your cleansing, your purifying experience by faith. Amen? I invite you to to hunger for the Lord to fill your heart with his spirit, with his spirit, and in doing so, to experience purity of heart. Praise God. Praise God. Well, what, what can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? Secondly, secondly, becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to better witness for Jesus. In the Bible, Peter, who used to be a coward, became very bold after he was filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And we begin to see how he became a tremendous witness for Jesus in Acts chapter 2. Peter's witnessing and preaching in Acts 2 verse 14 and uh, further on gives us, gives us a glimpse of how Peter was empowered through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. For example, look at Acts 2 beginning at verse 36. Peter is speaking and says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Praise God. In fact, what happened with Peter was spoken of by Jesus in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when, when he said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. My friends, many of you have said to yourself, Something like this. You said, you know, I want to be able to better tell my family, better tell my friends, co-workers, that Jesus loves them. And that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for their sins so that they can be forgiven, adopted into his family, and receive the promise of heaven. Many of you want to do that more and more. And I want to say to us, reach out. Let us reach out to the Holy Spirit to experience his fullness, to help us better witness for him. Amen? Amen. According to a legend, when Jesus returned to heaven following his death on the cross and resurrection from the tomb, when he returned to heaven, the angels gathered in amazement. 
They gazed at the wounds in his hands and feet and shuddered to recall his suffering. Finally, the angel Gabriel spoke up and said, Master, you suffered terribly down there. Do they know and appreciate the extent of your sacrifice? No, said Jesus, not yet. Right now, only a handful of people in Palestine know. Then what have you done to let everyone else know, asked the angel Gabriel. And Jesus said, I've asked Peter, James, and John, and a few others to spread the news. They will tell others who will tell others until the message spreads to the ends of the earth. But Gabriel, knowing the nature of human beings, asked, What is plan B? What is plan B? I have no plan B, replied Christ. There is no alternative strategy. I'm counting on them. And 21 centuries later, 21 centuries later, he still, the Lord Jesus, has still no other plan. He's counting on you and you and you. He's counting on you, radio listeners, to be his witnesses. Amen. And so we, we need the fullness of his spirit to better be his witness. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. What can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? Here's the third truth. The third truth is becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord. This verse comes, or rather this truth comes out of verse 42. If we look at verse 42 on the big screen, read it out loud in unison, would you? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. I summarize this as saying becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord. And the first part of verse 42 talks about devotion, devotion to the Word of God. So, what is devotion to the apostles' teaching? Well, to begin with, it is indeed devotion to the study of God's Word. One of the best opportunities for you to study God's Word is to arrive here, as I've said on various occasions is to arrive here on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and join one of our Sunday school Bible classes. Young people, teens, youth, we have Bible classes for you on Sunday mornings at 9.30. Those of you who are adults can study God's Word in one of several classes. We have Nafisa Dukran's Bible class at the back of the sanctuary there when the partitions are pulled. We have... Um, Anita Hunt's class on the other side, of the back of the sanctuary. We have, we have Dorothy Ray's class, the end or the back of the sanctuary over there. We have Pastor Lisa's class up in heavenly places in the balcony. We have Greta Miller's class 
on the main level or the lower level downstairs. Amen? And adults, adults, when you come at 9.30, when you come, bring your children, bring your youth, bring your grandchildren to Sunday school. We have Sunday school classes for all ages. And the simple truth is there are very few places in the world anymore where your child or your, your, your teenager or your grandkids are going to learn anything about the Lord except in Sunday school and in a local church like this. Amen? We have classes for all of the age levels. And yesterday we held a Sunday school convention here in our own church building. And I want to thank my wife Cindy who was in charge of it as she serves as district chair here in Ontario for our Nazarene churches. Amen. So, we need devotion to the study of God's word. We can also experience studying God's word by attending a small group in someone's home. And there you also have the opportunity to study God's word. Ladies, ladies, on Tuesday, Tuesday mornings at 9.30, you can join about 25 other women from our congregation along with Kim who leads it so beautifully in the foyer to study the word of God. On Wednesday evenings at 7.15, Pastor Lisa is leading an excellent study of God's word on, on Job. Up in the balcony there. Join us Wednesday evenings at 7.15. You know, my friends, the simple truth is people, people get so wrapped up, so wrapped up in sports, in, in, in shopping, in playing video games, in movies, in television, in computers, in smartphones, in dumb phones, in tablets, and wrapped up with the latest gadgets. We need to get wrapped up in studying God's Word. God's Word. Amen. You can also get wrapped, in, wrapped up in studying God's word on your own. Just, just, just by yourself with the spirit of God. And you can, you can also take a, a Bible study course at one of the local Bible colleges. Canada Christian College or Tyndale or some other, some other institution. My friends, becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord. Question, do you have a hunger for the things of the Lord? Amen? Please notice verse 42 not only speaks of believers being devoted to the study of God's Word, but it also speaks of devotion, devotion to fellowship. Devotion to fellowship. Fellowship is building relationships and friendships with each other and caring for one another. That's what it is. It can happen by you being a part of a Sunday school class. It can happen by you becoming a part of a small group that we've spoken of. That the small groups get together at least twice a month for friendship building, studying the Bible, and praying together. It can also happen in verse 42, as it says, sharing in meals. Sharing in meals. That can mean you can say to some folks in church, hey, can you come over to our house this Friday evening for supper or barbecue or something? Or how about you bring a salad? How about you bring a salad? We'll provide the meat and the vegetables. Or you can say to someone, how about we get together this coming Saturday? Can we get together this Saturday at some restaurant that both of us like that's reasonably priced? And let, let's sit down and have our families get together and get to know one another better, have some fellowship. Amen? 
Men, men, you can help build friendships and relationships by joining our, our men's group. You can, you can get together with our men's group on the first and third Friday evenings of the month. Uh, the men meet downstairs. Now, on Friday nights, I'm usually with our youth program, but sometimes our youth program is uh, held here at the church on Friday nights. And when, when our youth program is here at the, uh, uh, here at the church, I'll, I'll often go over and see how the men are doing, say hello to them. And, and man, they have a wonderful time together. Gentlemen, they have a wonderful time together. They're playing ping pong. You ought to see Anthony here and some of those guys play ping pong. Man, unless you're really good, they're going to wipe the pants off you. you know, okay, but never mind. Go, go and enjoy playing some of the games with, with the men. Enjoy some of the food they bring. Some of these guys bring great food. Now, I want the men to know when I go over to say hello to you, it isn't because I'm after your food. Okay? No, I'm not after your food. I'm after your beautiful smiles, okay? Also, of course, we have the men's breakfast the last Saturday morning of each month. So these are just some opportunities for men to, to have fellowship and build bridges of friendship. Ladies, ladies, you, you have great opportunities as well. We, we have the Outstanding Ladies Program once a month on Saturday mornings, usually the third Saturday of the month. There, there's the Ladies Bible Study every Tuesday morning at 9.30. We've got Ladies Retreat. Ladies, ladies, listen. As far as I know, it's not too late for you to sign up for Ladies Retreat, okay? For Ladies Retreat. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Uh, okay. Now, Cindy, Cindy, you're normally greeting people at the door. But after, after church today, I'm going to ask my wife, I'm going to ask my wife, okay, to, uh, to be prepared to receive, to receive any other ladies' retreat uh, forms you want to turn into her, okay? Sign up for ladies' retreat. It's a great time for you to meet other women from our church, ladies from other churches as well. Uh, we as a church, we as a church want to help you by paying $100 of the cost. It's, we, it's simply because we know it will be a spiritual benefit and blessing to you and a great chance for you to meet and build friendships with other people. That's what it boils down to. Uh, teenagers, teenagers. Uh, parents, if you've got a teen, strongly encourage them to come Friday nights. We have a great youth program Friday evenings. We uh, have wonderful worship times with them, wonderful, wonderful activities of different sorts. And, and, you know, teens, teens can be lonely. Even though they go to a school with 2,000 students, they can be lonely. They need to take some initiative. Come, for example, to Friday nights and share, share in getting to know other teenagers their age in a wonderful, safe environment. Young adults, young adults, you have a wonderful opportunity, such as even today at, five, at 6 o'clock, you can meet at uh, the Dukeran's home for a wonderful time of worship and fellowship and friendship. And welcome back, Nick Dukeran, from, from his studies down in California. And be a, be a blessing to one another. Amen. The bottom line is, we want and need devotion to fellowship. Right? Okay, please also notice verse 42 speaks about devotion to prayer. Devotion to prayer. The fullness of the Holy Spirit inspires us to want to be people of prayer. On the first Saturday of each month, we have prayer and fasting from 9 a.m. till 12 a.m. Noon. 
I want to challenge. I want to challenge everyone in our church. Board members and pastors, this is a top priority for all of us to be models and examples, of course. But I want to challenge all of us in church to come and pray with us for at least an hour, at least an hour on that prayer and fasting day, first Saturday of the month. I know some of you work. Some of you work on Saturday mornings. You can't come. That's understandable. But come to another prayer meeting through the week. They're listed in the bulletin. Okay, there are hundreds of us that can come, I believe, on Saturday mornings to pray and fast for a few hours. Praise God. So, becoming filled with the Holy Spirit inspires us to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord, such as devotion to the study of God's Word, devotion to fellowship, devotion to prayer. Lord, Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen? Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. What can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? Truth number four is this. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to experience more miraculous signs and wonders. This truth comes from verse 43. Do we have verse 43 on the big screen? Here it is. Read it out loud. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. What were some of the miraculous signs and wonders which these early believers experienced? Well, in Acts chapter 3, a crippled beggar is healed. Listen to Acts 5.12. Acts 5.12 says this. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. In Acts 5, verse 15 and 16. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And then, my friends, in Acts chapter 12, verse 6 and following, Peter, Peter miraculously escapes from prison. One writer beautifully says this, commenting on verse 43. He says, it was a church. It was a church where things happened, signs and wonders were present. He says, if we expect great things from God and attempt great things for God, things happen. More things would happen, he says, if we believed that God and we together could make it happen. Amen? Amen. Last Sunday, one of our dear ladies, Jacqueline, gave a beautiful testimony of the miracle-working power of God in her life. How the Lord has been working in her, helping her, bringing healing to her body. May it happen in her life. And in your life, in your life, in your life, in your life up in the balcony, in the lives of people listening by radio and on the internet. My friends, becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to experience more miraculous signs and wonders. Let it happen, O Lord. Let it happen. And so... What can, be, what can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? There we are. This is not a complete 
a complete response. There is much more that can be said. But here, here we are. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in you and me experiencing a pure heart. As we, as we sing, musicians, would you come? As we sing this closing song, I want to give opportunity for any of you who wish to come and spend some time kneeling or standing at this altar. Some, some may want to come and say, Lord, I want to and I need to experience the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I, need, I need your cleansing power in my heart and life. Someone else, someone else may want to say, Lord, I need, I need to be a better witness for Jesus. I need to be a better witness for you. Someone else may want to say, Lord, I need to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord. I need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Lord, fill me, fill me. And work through me and through others so we experience more miraculous signs and wonders. It's not about Pastor Nick. It's not about our musicians. It's about the Lord by His Spirit at work in your heart and in mine. Amen. Would you stand, my friends? Would you stand? As we sing these words, you come as you wish, wish to pray, kneeling or standing around the altar. Reflect upon the words. Let them be a part, a part of you. Amen.
My friends, the reality is, the truth is, the truth is, many of us need to experience the truth that we've spoken of today. Many of us need to surrender fully to the Holy Spirit and to cry out and say, Lord, indeed, fill me with your Holy Spirit. It seems like in this life we want to be filled with all kinds of things. Filled with this and filled with that. But above all, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to encourage others of you to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I am and I will be. I want to be filled with your Spirit. You come as we sing this next verse. There's a serious business. Serious business with God. Serious business. Amen. Let's sing. this is what you want for each one of us i know lord this is what you want for each one of us because you have said to us in ephesians 5 18 be filled with the holy spirit lord we see how you filled you filled those early believers with your spirit on the day of pentecost oh god i pray i pray that all of us here would have the openness of mind heart body soul and spirit to say to you Lord, do in my heart, do inside of me what needs to be done. Cleanse me, purify me as you fill me, O Lord. And empower me to be your witness, Lord. Empower me so that I have a hunger and thirst for the things of the Lord. Empower me, Lord, so that truly I and we will see more signs and wonders 
not for our benefit, but for the honor and glory of our Lord. Let it be so. Let it be so. And now I pray for your blessings upon your people. Watch over each of them, dear God. Bless our wonderful guest musicians today. Bless them. Thank you for their ministry. Bless, Lord, the children, the children who have been worshiping you on the lower level of our church. Bless the little babies in our nurseries. And may your Holy Spirit guide each person and each family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.